was getting pretty good. That was the smoothest yet. Yeah? Uh, we practice. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politic on the Fight Lab Feast Network. I got Pastor Toby, Chalk Knox, and of course, I'm the water boy. What you it drinking? It's good to be with you guys. Some What's sort your- of Coke and orange. Why are you not sharing? No, thank you. I don't want to give no, you Corona. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, make sure you guys join the club as we're going through this whole Corona panic with you guys every day here on the on Cross Politics. I am not going through the Corona panic. As as we're walking through. I am not panicking. People. I, I don't people, think our people are panicking either because no, they've been watching. True. They're that's all. True. They're, they're like, yeah. hey, what, what's the problem? But you know what they could do right now, though? They could also share the show. They could. Oh, that's yeah, right. And just, tell everybody that yeah. we're on right now. You, you can just like it. You like just, like just it? Randomly like Send it. some comments. There's 23 people watching right now. Does anybody like it? I, I mean, just it, I just liked it. Just, just li- I, I, I'm liking it right like now it too. Yeah. You know, like it because David is drinking Coke. Like That's it because right. you know Gabe's wearing a green shirt. Ooh, just like That's it. True. And hey, because Ben's on too. And right. But first, before we get to Ben, um, I want to just let people know our friend Nate Wilson, yes. Andy Wilson, Please. as he's known, the Indy, where he is trying to get the last volume of. The Ashtown Burials series published. Do you know anything about this? This is my favorite. This is my favorite series. Okay, so this he, is my favorite so series. So if you go to ashtownburials.com, you can read this and hear all about it. And there's a cool video and everything. Yeah. But basically, this is the story. He writes it there on the website. I just thought I would tell all please, of our listeners. Please, please, I take this very seriously. So in 2011, he published The Dragon's Tooth. Yes. Yeah, oh, it's phenomenal. Fantastic. It's phenomenal. Do you want to play the organ or anything <laughs> no, like no, that? No, no, I'm going to be the organ. Okay. Um, and, and that began the Ashtown Burials series. <sighs> that book did well, and he says that it's his most critically acclaimed novel. I didn't know that. He had originally planned five books, but his publisher began to nudge him down to four. Dogs! I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm a try. So, so he adjusted the plan. He shifted the series into a quartet. He, he said, okay, we'll roll, with, okay. we'll roll with four. But then, as book three, Empire of Bones, was published, <sighs> they canceled all publicity, even going so far as to block Starbucks from giving away the iBook of the Dragons to... Do you want to go to war? Because we could go to war. <laughs> what? I'm for real. Uh, I'm for real. He's, he's for real. I'm not playing with the, them. The Dragons to Nationwide is a pick for the week, so they blocked Starbucks. So after that, they told me that they had no intention of publishing the fourth book. This is the publisher of, of the Ashba- Ashtown Burials. Luckily, Starbucks picked up Hello Ninja instead... Which wow. is just a, God know what he's doing. God yeah. know what he's doing. Cool, cool little, you know, yeah. they they trying to shut down God's people and and God Hello says, Here, I've got a blessing for you. And he this cool little uh, cardboard book, kid, children's funny. book, comes yeah. out as Hello Ninja, and Starbucks picks it up, becomes the uh, the book of the month, I think. And I yeah, think yeah. it's like right around Christmas time yeah. when they did this. And of course, that little beauty became a sensation, followed by a hit show on Netflix. Which yep. if you haven't seen Hello Ninja on Netflix, check it you out. Check got it a out. season two yep. coming too. It, 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 coming it, I think it is out. Is it? No. Oh, uh, they added more. Two. I think they added more well, to I, it um, last week. I don't know. I, uh-huh. I, I I did the free month trial and then canceled again just so I could watch it a bunch of my kids. <laughs> I use yeah. my mama's. I, I might I might <laughs> do that. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I, I'm one of the, I'm sort of torn, you know. <laughs> but fans of Ashtown were left hanging painfully. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we? Still am. Uh, Much like Rupert Greaves. Well, after much (laughs) trial and travail, uh, Wilson has finally happened upon a solution to facilitate publication of book four, which is called The Silent Bells. 
And what he's doing uh. is he's, he wants to publish it by serial. And he's going to do it. I um, mean, he's going to do it if he gets enough subscriptions. So every issue costs three dollars, including shipping. It will be billed automatically whenever an issue goes to press. And what you need to do is subscribe now. Get your friends to subscribe, and then as soon as he gets enough subscribers, which is two thousand, he needs to get yeah. at least two thousand. Yep. And his goal is Monday, Monday, April the twentieth. By midnight, he wants to get 2,000 subscribers. Last I checked, he was a little over 1,100. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So yep. a little bit over halfway. Got a few days to go. And we just want to encourage you, sign up. If you've never heard no, of no, it. No, hey, no, 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 no. We want the cross-politic bump uh, um, is what we want. Y'all don't, I'm, I'm, I'm ch- about to choke my mic out. You, you, you don't understand me. Let me tell you how serious I take this. <laughs> I have seven kids. <laughs> I named one of them Rupert. Oh, that's true. I named he's one a, of my kids got personal. after the characters in the book because I love the book so much. <laughs> I've been dying here, people. This is not a soft gesture. Listen, this is a command. This okay. is when, when, this if you, is, if there's any love in your heart oh, for chocolate, please, Knox, yep. please, go people. to go to ashtownburials.com, ashtownburials.com. Watch the video, read about it. Yep. If you've never read the books before, get them now. It's, it's only what three dollars a chapter, three dollars right? a subscription, and then it yep. gets mailed right to your do your it. house. Just, so, just do go it. do it. Right. Cross politic bump. I'm sweating. Come, Come on, on. let's do it. Okay. Ashtownburials.com. Okay. With us on the line right now, waiting patiently, <laughs> is Mr. Benjamin Newsma. He's a senior engineer. And the founder and CEO of Navigo, N-A-V-I-G-O, Navigo, a global risk analysis company serving 95 countries around the world. Wow. He's worked in software development management, engineer management, and consulting for the past 15 years. And Benjamin is married, has three children. Are those kids baptized Benjamin? Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you all right. This is going to be a great interview. Way, and, way to go. And, and Benjamin happens to live here in Moscow, Idaho. He's uh, one of our neighbors, and he goes to church with us. Yes. So, um, Benjamin, thanks for coming on Cross Politic, even though you know who we are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, so, tell us about Navigo. What is it, and why did you start it? Yeah, so... We started Navigo because we saw that, you know, especially for smaller groups that are serving in different dangerous countries, there wasn't a cost-effective, comprehensive solution to help protect them from risks and uh, dangers along the road for, you know, NGO workers, aid workers, missionaries, and uh, and even corporate folks. Okay, and so what what kind of risks are you actually assessing? What kind of thing? What does this actually do for people? Yeah, so this so this tracks terrorism, disease, conflicts, uh, you know, social unrest, uh, a lot of different types of risk, and then this helps the people work together uh, with their organization to avoid the risk. There's a um, there's an optional uh, personnel tracking feature where we know exactly where people are. Yeah, and um, so the idea is to let the organization understand the context of the risk around their people. Yeah. So where a lot of, um, where a lot of people will subscribe to like the state department step program, which, you know, has a a lot of excellent features to it, but it's countrywide. It's, you know, um, it's like warning us up in Idaho about a hurricane that's about to hit Florida. Okay. And so like for, uh, missionaries use this app, when they're in the you know the Congo or in, in dangerous places in Africa, they can get alerts that hey danger's coming. You might want to get out because uh, of some high risk features that are alerting the app. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. And, and and it combines several things. So you've got the information aspect of, of the alert. You've got a communication tool set uh, that's part of it. So you can securely communicate uh, with the people in the field um, in a geo-tracked way. And then we have an SOS feature. We have a, uh, a partner based outside of Houston that uh, they're super awesome. They've got a nuclear bomb-proof uh, shelter connected there <laughs> to their facility with... Uh, um, so you, you've got uh, foot-thick concrete walls on the above-ground facility with one-inch steel plating, and then the geoseismically isolated bunker. Um, it wow. actually has conjugal visitation rooms in the jails. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> That's, I, I wasn't asking but, about that, but you know. But yeah, but, but <laughs> don't, don't, don't get the detained way. there, you know. But uh, but they're 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 super cool, and so basically we have it set up so that somebody can um, use the panic button on the app, and then you know, assuming there's a legitimate uh, legitimate danger, you know, we can send in the marines or the you know quote unquote marines or you know really send, send out a helicopter to go get them wow so when this whole covid 19 corona crisis thing hit um you were poised to actually be ready to start offering services and you pivoted pretty quickly and i saw just a couple of weeks ago you came out with this covid risk assessment how did that fit into what you were already doing and what's been the results of that yeah, so we actually, we knew that coronavirus was going to be a big deal way before a lot of people. And even the, you know, the, they're finally admitting that it likely was cooked up in the lab. They've tried right. to downplay that for months now. I right. mean, we've known, we've known that for months now. Did yeah. you know right. it before Trump? <laughs> uh, he, I'm sure he's got the, the the best intelligence, you know, the best intelligence. <laughs> uh, you know. But we knew it really early on. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, and what did this COVID risk, what does it do and what's the results been? So so the, the risk assessment has been, you know, I, I would say it's been well received. The purpose of it was kind of threefold. We wanted people to take it seriously because we knew it was going to end up being a big deal. We, But then again, we saw people panicking and we didn't want people to panic. Um, and then we also wanted to help uh, triage uh, the anticipated overrun of the different testing centers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we all know how well that, uh, you know. <laughs> how testing went. Go ahead. Finish up. So, um, so in, in, in that respect, I, I would say for the first, uh, first couple of line items, it was a great success. For the third one, you know, um, we we still in certain areas struggle with some scarcity of tests, but a lot of private uh, a lot of private options are you know becoming available. Mail order tests, um, right? You know private clinics, and so the 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 triage of that it has ended up being you know less important. But one of the one of the most dra- um, dramatic changes that we've seen as as people will take the assessment. And, you know, it encourages them to be careful. But um, when they see the actual personalized uh, risk score to them, a lot of them kind of breathe a sigh of release and like re- relief and basically think, oh, man, I thought I was going to die of this thing. Right. You know, my, my chance of getting this is one in 10,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, 
I, I, I can, you know, I can relax a little bit. I don't need to live in fear of this. So you have now developed uh, this this website, this tool to do an assessment for people, and they can go in and and type in some information about themselves, their location, geographical yep. information, where they've been traveling, yep, ethnicity yep. data, all that stuff, and then you uh, run a risk assessment uh, mm-hmm. based off. Uh, what a number of All data points, a number of you know how's how's that happening? How's yeah, the actual yeah. risk assessment being calculated? Yeah, so we looked at a whole bunch of the different factors that have to do with a more negative outcome with this disease, and then we asked questions that have to do with that. So, and they're split into three different categories. I, I like threes. Um, <laughs> so the first one is um, you know if you. If you are sick, then we ask you about your symptoms, and if your symptoms align with coronavirus, um, then you know we'll let you know that it's possible that you might have it. Um, now, as far as having a, an actual positive, you know, positively tested case of it, um, you know, the the likelihood of that in our country is still very small. Yeah. Um, but at least we'll let you know if your symptoms are consistent, and you should pursue some kind of testing. Um, then we look at, uh, what you've been doing and, you know, kind of your behavior to understand whether you're likely to have come in contact with it. Um, so we'll, we'll give you a likelihood of infection risk. Um, and, you know, based on were you in the area, did you hang out with people who have it, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we look at susceptibility. So things like, um, Mm. smoking, for example, COPD, is um, something that about one in five smokers have. And if you have COPD and then you get coronavirus, um, at least before they started heavily treating with um, hydroxychloroquine, so I don't know if that changes this aspect here. Um, but if you have COPD and you're a you know heavy smoker, then your fatality rate was actually more like 50%. So, um, so factors like that are significant. Yeah, and yeah. so... That's that's how we look at okay what's the risk to you personally, um, age is another fascinating one. Um, it's uh, it's almost uh, a straight up exponential as far as age and, and the overall fatality rates. Um, and um, once you get over and, a certain age, well yeah I mean, you know people in their sixties seventies eighties right you know especially people in their eighties very you know very much higher fatality rate right. And so, you know, so that basically we model based on that. Yeah. Um, so, Ben, what's the what's what is the uh, website that we would go to? What is the name of the app? If somebody right now is listening, is like, I wish I can go <laughs> and get this joker and yeah, just yeah, do yeah, this yeah. right now yeah. while you were talking. Yeah. So for the assessment, it's covid covid dash 19 dot navigo dot cc. And so that was the first thing that we built as a kind of rapid response um, and I, I have to pat us on the back just a little bit. Um, <laughs> when Trump came out and said that Google was going to have this kind of assessment that did all of this kind of stuff, well, um, Google was doing something internal for the different um, uh, testing laboratories. Yeah. And so in our case, uh, we actually delivered what Trump promised would be delivered, and we delivered it before Google had anything out and before Amazon or Apple. Hey. <laughs> Salute, so, salute. Go Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but but I, I have to give a shout out to, I have engineers also in Texas and in Spain. So, yeah. you know. You can't do this without Texas. Amen. Right. 
Um, Benjamin, um, what about, so what have you seen? One of the questions we've had along the way as we've been assessing all of this is it's been difficult to compare different countries. So you have, you or know, states. Well, yeah, but, but let's just go with countries to start with. I mean, you've got, you've got, um, Italy yep. statistics. You've got China statistics. You've got, you know, Great Britain. You've got, you know, all these different nations reporting and we're trying to compare their data points. And I know we've got more data now than we did initially, but did you, have you seen anything in your analysis of the data regarding, you know, Average age, average amount of smoking, av- you know, details like that that have affected the data coming out of various countries. Yeah, absolutely. But I would go, I would go beyond just those details. I would say politics has a huge amount to do with what's oh. actually in the data. Oh, so, really? So China, for example, um, I would basically not believe anything that came out of China as far as their numbers. For okay. real. Um, and when you look at different information like the, you know, the quantity of urns being delivered by the, you know, crematoriums, the, the numbers that some of the different, uh, you know, brave uh, employees from there um, reported, you know, you, you don't have 6,000 deaths. You've got tens to hundreds of thousands of deaths due to this in China. Okay. Now, now, lest we, you know, again, panic over it, you've got to realize that China has billions of people. And so statistically speaking, the, the percentage of population that we're talking about, that, that that fatality rate gets, you know, basically spread into the denominator still makes it so it's not it's it's nothing to lose your mind over. Right. Um, but it but it's certainly not what they said. Mm. And uh, so, any any other so, interesting data points with the, comparing other nations? Well, so when you look at Italy, for example, what most people don't realize is that the northern part of Italy uh, had a very heavy retired Chinese population, and this was due to a treaty that was signed between the the Chinese and the Italians, which had a lot of money involved, Ooh. but it also made it so that it was impossible for Italy to keep the Chinese from flying and visiting huh. right. and retiring there. And so when and there's you basically... A- as I understand it, there's a direct flight from Wuhan to northern Italy. Yeah. Is that correct? I, I expect that's true. That's... Um, but you have a whole bunch of, you know, wow. elderly 80-year-old Chinese woman smokers. <laughs> so, they're, they're, so they're checking all of the different risk boxes, <laughs> yeah. right? And, and, and then Italy decides that they're just not going to give ventilators to people in their 60s because they're going to save them for younger folks. Um, wow. So, Which is true. Right. So, so when you make those type of um, decisions, of course, you're going to have a very different uh, data set that comes out of that. Right. You know, to speak a little bit. Um, you know, insensitively, <laughs> you know, you've got to, it, we're dealing with people, but, you know, but we're understanding it in terms of data. And so then to see the U.S. respond as though we're Italy and we're making yeah. the same types of decisions, which we're not, right. um, is, is just not very intelligent. No. So, so now you've tied a lot of this data into what's going on to the economy. You got, you, you've actually built an additional tool that ties in the Problems that is created from the COVID virus, but also what those problems look like and how we're shutting down the economy. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So, yeah. So as we as we pursued the data more, we started to see some alarming trends, which included us, you know, using 
uh, and building models based on Italy and China, mm. and then um, using those models to basically shut down entire states. And uh, you know, from, from from my perspective, that's discriminating against the low population density areas because they're treating them exactly like um, Washington D.C. or New York. Right. And the problem with that is they're not. <laughs> and one of the strongest correlations that we have in the data from uh, you know from a cases and and risk standpoint from coronavirus from our own data is that uh, population density is a massive factor. Yeah, yeah. And so mm -hmm. population density in some places in rural Idaho, you have 1.7 uh, people per square mile. Right. 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 So on, on the density index, you know, they're, they're, you're going to get a very low score for that county, right? As opposed to the score that you get in Washington, D.C. is going to be like 10,000. Be a lot higher. Wow. Right. So it makes no sense. But but this is the danger of distance politics, right? Right. Um, Ooh. When you, when, when you take and you have people making decisions and they don't understand the breadth and the diversity of, you know, that, that's where I like diversity, right? The diversity of their electorate, of their uh, uh -huh. citizenry. Yeah. And so, so they look at what's right in front of them and then they make a decision. And in this case, when, um, you know, when the different legislators were shown models that looked incredibly scary and that showed that, they were going to have this absolute overrun of the hospital system. Right. It's hard. It's hard to fault them, minus an alternative uh, set of data, yeah. for deciding to shut things down. Right. Because at, at that point, it's too early to tell. The entire world is freaking out. We don't have good enough data in the U.S. We're doing our modeling based on Italy, right? Uh, and 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 on China, and they get shown this thing, and basically the message is. If this happens, this blood's on your hands, and yep. you know, as a politician, mm -hmm. you ain't getting back in. Right. So, right. so, so at this point, it's a personal risk. It's a societal risk. They feel like they have a, um, you know, a moral duty to start just completely shutting everything down, and so that's what they start to do. Mm -hmm. um, the problem is, is that is that they're thinking of it with blinders on. You know, yeah. they they're only looking at that one curve. Because the other curves aren't in front of them. Right, right. And so they end up then making decisions that have ripple effects because they're thinking of it in terms of, well, it's just the economy and it's just money. You know, <laughs> why would I value money over people? Over That's death. Right, yeah. Over death. Right. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, it's not just money. It's people versus people. And you end up with secondary and tertiary effects of these type of decisions, and these secondary and tertiary effects result in additional deaths. They result in uh, loss of, of uh, economic capacity, which leads to things like loss of healthcare capacity, and it leads to increase in poverty rates. It leads to all kinds of uh, bad effects. Right. And right now, the data set that they have in front of them is much more focused on simply treating coronavirus as the most important thing in the entire country. So so would you help me with something if you ha I think it was that our, our governor just extended our stay at home setup for till the, end, the of, end of April. End, end of April. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> so I can tell you're a super big fan of that. So if you okay. had a chance to sit down with Governor Little and show him what you have that can help us get back to work faster, 
What would you sit yeah. down and tell him and how would you break apart what you're doing to say, look, here's the data. Here's what we're doing. Here's how we can get back to work faster. Yeah. So I would ask him how he's protecting the small counties, how he's protecting the places that are, you know, does he understand the difference in the communicability of the disease based on population density? You know, why is it that Latah County had to lose 3000 jobs because three people are sick who are staying at home? <laughs> wow. Right? Exactly. Why, why would we do that? Right. You know, um, so, any, in any other situation, if three people get sick, you know, depending on what the sickness is, you, you take some solid measures to make sure that they're not going to infect other people with it. But this is the first time in history we've ever tried uh, mass quarantining the healthy people. Um, and, and, and the argument goes something like this. Well, there are these people who are uh, asymptomatic carriers in the population. And right. so we don't know if you're poisoning everybody else. Right. Well, to which I would say, okay, that's actually phenomenal news because you're trying to argue it both ways. So if there's all of these asymptomatic people in the population, then this means that there's actually a ton of people who have this, which means the fatality rate is much lower than you're saying. The threat right. is minimal. The threat is minimal. In, in, in which case, it doesn't make sense to shut everything down. Right. Right. So either, you know, it, logically, there's no other option. You either have tons more people that are, are um, that, that have this and it's really not a big deal except for a handful of people with pre-existing conditions. Right. Or we actually know more or less how many people have it and it's actually a way bigger deal, in which case let's focus on making sure that those people don't spread it. This is at restartnow.io. So you can go there right now. This is what we're talking about. It's, this is, so this is the brand new website that started by Benjamin yeah. and Navigo. It's called restartnow.io. And you have data in there for Idaho, data in there for Texas, yeah. and then you have one more state you rolled out? Yeah, we just did Florida yesterday. Today we're going to have fun. We're doing California. Yeah. It's okay if they come back a little slower. It's all right. If they That's right. That's right. You know. And so your, well, your, your goal in all this is to tie the corona decisions into the, de the destruction of our economy, basically. Yeah, so basically think of it as – as if, you know, there's a problem with one of your outlets or a light or a light bulb burnt out. And so what what you've decided that you need to do is and, and let's say this is at some kind of office building. Right. So what you've decided you need to do to to uh, deal with a burnt out light bulb is to go and throw the, the master breaker for the entire building. Right. <laughs> wow. Wow. Right. Yeah. So a step better would be, OK, let's take and let's just isolate that one circuit breaker for that room and let's That's turn really that good. off. But there's a really easy option beyond that, which is just, well, why don't you just turn off the light switch? Right. <laughs> it, it's right over there. You don't have to go back to the breaker box. You can just turn the light switch off. Right. Right. And so by mapping this out on a County level, what we can show is that, uh, uh, okay, well, let's benefit of the doubt. We're still getting information. We still don't know the true denominator of this disease, but we've got all of these counties that are, a low risk from a, you know, the social work index standpoint, uh, the, um, you know, obesity and diabetes and, you know, and smoking and, and, uh, you know, um, the, the age of the population. So we have all these low risk counties that are losing jobs every day. Um, let's turn them back on first, sure. right? In fact, mm. let's start that, let's start that today. Mm. Right? Amen. And, 
and, and, and so, you know, we we understand that you've thrown the master breaker. And now at this point, if you just throw it back on, you might burn out a few things. OK, so let's so let's take and let's 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 be much more specific. We have data so we can make informed decisions yeah, right. and we can do this in a diligent and orderly fashion. And what this is also going to do is so suicides are starting to go through the roof. I mean, wow. there's suicide hotlines are up 200 to 300 percent in a number of counties. More people are dying from suicide than are actually dying from coronavirus yeah. right. on, a, on a given week. Right. And it's right. starting to be reported. And, and this makes really good sense, because if you look at even the CDC's guidelines against uh, suicide, it's things like, you know, maintain human connection. Don't isolate yourself you know, uh, control your own destiny. Right. And so, so what we're doing now is we're saying, okay, uh, don't have human connection. Mm. Right. Purposely isolate yourself, right. you know, unplug from society. Right. Um, you know, and, uh, and it doesn't matter what you want to do. You know, if you're going to go kayaking on the Bay in California, we're going to arrest you. So right. you better just <laughs> stick, stick the heck in your house. Right. And you'll be fine. Don't Maybe. even watch uh, sunsets. Yeah. Yeah. Like don't day- even watch sunsets. Right. So, <laughs> So when you do that kind of thing to people and then you realize that we've told a ton of people that not only did you lose your job, but we cannot promise you when it's going to actually come back. Right. And in fact, it may be months. We may have to do this social distancing thing um, you know, for an entire year or two is what some of the different people yep. are saying. Right. You know, Fauci is saying oh, you can't even shake people's hands anymore. Um, right. So, so human touch is out of the question. So, of course, we're going to end up with people who are depressed and frustrated, especially if they don't have Christ. Yeah, right? That's right. You, you took them out of their comfort zone. You took them away from their friends. A lot of people like to socialize at the bars. The bars are all closed. And, in fact, they're all closing permanently um, just because they, you know, the taxes didn't go away. The rent didn't go away. The revenue's gone. Right. Right. And so – and, and, and then you also consider that, you know, something like, you know, one in four of the different folks who are out of work in, in Idaho are actually the owner of the small business. Right. Right. So they may have sacrificed a huge part of their life to create this particular business. And if that business is now gone and their life savings is gone. Yeah. Right. You know, the, the, the money that's coming in from the stimulus where we've, we've looked at the overall estimated uh, you know, economic impact, and we can say, okay, well, we basically replaced a uh, a portion of a quarter of our revenue, mm-hmm. right, with trillion dollar stimulus. But two thirds of that goes to the government. <laughs> oh. Man, okay, so oh, right. man, so, That's... so the losses the losses were borne by the private industries, oh, and man. the government gets two thirds of the buyout. Wow. This is this is massive, Benjamin. This is huge. And right now I'm seeing people on Facebook that are asking, how do we do New York? How do you do this? They're, they're wondering <laughs> how can they get engaged? Because a guy, Jeremy, saying right now New York is treating us upstate folks like New York City. And that's not yeah. fair. So how is it that other people can be a part of this? I, I This is something that I think we need to be privately funding. I'm sure that right now the slowing you down is probably funds. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, so so we're I mean just just think about that for a second. We're a global travel risk company at a time where travel is at all-time highs, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or not. So, so, so last night I was chatting with a with a pilot buddy of mine who's uh, you know, he he's a commercial pilot and his average flight right now has like 3 to 4 people in the entire airplane. Wow. Right. Whoa. So, um, 
<laughs> so yeah, so if you'd like to support us, we've got a we've got an Indiegogo campaign, and we're about to set up also a, like a direct uh, you know PayPal donate button on, on the site. Um, but yeah, the the biggest thing is is that we're doing this at cost uh, at at a time where people aren't traveling, which is affecting our our primary business. Um, uh-huh. And and so and basically, so, yeah. someone could actually fund a state of data yep. in your system. Yep. That, so, that's what happened with Florida, right? We had somebody who said, "Hey, I want to see what's happening in Florida. I think that the the fallout from this is 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 you know greater that that the cure is getting more." Uh, costly than yeah. the actual yep. disease, and I was like, absolutely. <laughs> yep. so, we'll give you Florida. So you can get on so. the. So you go to restartnow.io, and you can click on um, the the link. There says you know basically find your find location. Your location yeah. You click on find your location. A big United States map comes up, and so far there's three states lit up that are available. Um, to see the analysis that they've done, you've got Idaho, Texas, and Florida, and you click on Texas because. Well, you know, Gabe's it's the promised land. Gabe's on yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. You click on, on Texas, and you have this um, these numbers running across the bottom of the page, um, showing what we've already lost: dollars lost, thirty four billion dollars; jobs lost, seven hundred thirteen thousand eight hundred sixty one; um, increased suicides, uh, an additional roundabout two hundred sixty seven; COVID deaths, three hundred and five. Wow. So, yeah. so he's comparing so, so the COVID deaths probably went up just a little bit because we update the data on that every 24 hours. Yeah. So it's probably like but, but then you walk, you scroll down, and one of the things that's so helpful about this is how you've broken out the counties. Again, rather than doing this carpet bomb the whole thing, right. say, what, where's the actual high-risk uh, counties and where are the low-risk counties? And so you've got 176 counties in Texas um, categorized as low-risk um, and $22 billion lost just there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, with a 17.6 million population. Okay, that's almost 70% of the state, 70% of the counties in the state. Then you've got medium risk counties, and there's about 51 of them. That's another 20%. With another, there's $11.79 billion there and 8.8 million people. And then the high risk is only 27 counties, about 10% um, of the state counties, and only $2 billion actually centered there. But you had $22 billion getting lost in the 176 low-risk low counties in Texas. Unbelievable. And you keep scrolling down, and all the counties are there broken out um, one by one. You can look up your own county. You can see the number of deaths and recoveries listed, the job impact, the economic impact. Wow. I think this is huge. Yeah, this absolutely. Is you send this to your city council member. You send this to your well, and, and representatives. And what I want to ask is, Benjamin, um, have you had any conversations with mayors, city councils, governors, uh, people they need to see in, this information. In positions of authority, have you had any conversations I, with them about this? No, not not so far. That's part of why our goal is to you know kind of generate a groundswell and yeah. get folks looking at it because what's what's happening so far is that you know it, it, if you think about um, if you think about their position as, as one where you've got basically a pressure switch, right? On the one side of the switch, you have all of this. Uh, COVID paranoia, and you have the CDC, and you've got some of these uh, these big tech firms that are continuing to double down on the you need to take and keep everything closed. Right now, the reason that the thing is is that this is a very easy argument for big tech because big tech, you know, facilitates things like uh, interactivity without meeting people in person. Right, and yep. 
being able to take and, and do this kind of discussion we're having here without having to be in person and, you know, proactivity tools and all of these different things that make it so that you can work from a distance. This is big tech's shining moment. It's feeding uh, them, right? Yeah, it's feeding wow. them. So, wow. So, so they don't have an incentive to say, hey, everybody take a step back. Let's look at what's happening economically because for them, this is an economic benefit. Mm. Um, oh. And so – so, so right now, the pressures that's been put on the politicians, a lot of it comes from CDC, whose job is to be, uh, you know. The boogeyman. Uh, yeah, nervous about this kind yep. of thing because there's centers for disease control. What are they going to tell you? Oh, don't worry about diseases, right? Well, they were saying uh, that back in so, January. <laughs> but, but the th- well, yeah, yeah. But the, the thing is, is that you, you, you use people based on their expertise, and so their expertise is studying this disease. It's not studying the economic fallout. And, right. mm-hmm. and again, if you think about blinders, um, they're looking at one set of numbers, and that is, okay, how many uh, cases are there? And there's a very strong correlation as well to the, the availability of tests. The more tests we do, more cases are going right. to show up. Um, and, and, of course, everyone's then going to say, well, if we open these counties back up, we're going to see more cases. And the answer is, well, yes, we will. But at the same time, we're going to see fewer suicides, yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. And and in a place like uh, you know Lata County, where you've got no deaths, you've got a handful of positive tests, and those folks are all doing fine and quarantined at home. Um, our biggest danger right now is not the coronavirus. Our biggest danger is the loss of employment. It's the depression. Yep. It's the mental health issues. Yep. It's the increased crime. It's yep. the, you know, property and violent crime and, and uh, you know, there's all of these secondary impacts that, that aren't being considered by CDC because it's not in their purview. Right. And so, so part of why we need to create a groundswell of support for this type of data is that we need to take and put pressure the other direction. Yes. And because what that does is it makes it so the politician feels like they have the backing behind them. Uh-huh. Politicians like to wear some kind of a, you know, one of those back supports, right? And their back support is basically, what are people screaming about? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And so, so, so right now, the, the authority figures have all been screaming one direction. What we need is we need enough people and they need data so that they can actually say, hey, all right, we're making an informed decision here. Yeah. Um, it's not a single master uh, circuit breaker. We're turning on some light switches for, you know, for rooms that are, safe for people to be in right yeah i'm i'm so thankful for this yeah i am too we start now.io benjamin newsman thank you so much and if you support them put cross politics in there i think we get a percentage (laughs) 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 if you're single get married if you're married have kids and if you have kids do like benjamin does go baptize them until tomorrow love god without your heart soul mind and strength (laughs) love your neighbor as yourself he said water boredom (laughs) go fight Laugh and feast. Oh, and become a club member too. That's a good thing to do as well. This is cross politics.